The main passage for godliness is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And as you can see, I will read from ESV. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. In the last audio about a heart change needed for godliness, I think I left us off with Isaiah chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. In that, we saw that Isaiah was standing in the presence of the Lord. And I'm here again. I mean, look at what it says in verse 3. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In the introduction to godliness, I start from Revelation chapter 4. And we saw the four living creatures testifying to the same thing. They said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Isaiah could not stand before a holy God because he knew he was a man of unclean lips. Remember what Jesus said about what makes a person defile? It's not what we put in our mouths or how we cleanse ourselves from outside, but our mouth reveals what's inside of our heart. There's nothing but wickedness. There's lies, prides, and hate. Remember Jesus said about if you hate someone, then that makes you a murderer. Therefore, there's nothing good that comes out of our heart of stone. That's what keeps us from being godly. With a heart of stone, we could put on the best religious show with giving to the needy, public prayers. I mean, we could sound like magnificent. And we could do all these things to have outer godliness. Yet, with a heart of stone, all that we do will be like shaft blown in the wind. It's nothing. We need a heart change. We need to have a heart of flesh. We must be born again. We must be born of the Spirit. We must take God's holiness seriously. Remember, in Hebrews chapter 12, without holiness, no one will see God. And the unknown author was talking to Christians. And in this audio, I wanted to share with a heart change, we can pursue godliness. Now, it's not 100% our own effort. We cannot pursue godliness on our own terms. In John 15, in John 15, In verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We know that with plants, that vine gives life sources to the branch. They supply the water so that the branches can bear fruit. Without the vine, the branches cannot bear anything. They'll wither up. Jesus is like the vine. We must abide in Jesus. Whoever abides in him, and I in him, 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From part from me, you can do nothing. That means outside of Jesus, we cannot build this kingdom. We cannot bear fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. When we are born again within our soul, we are going to decide whether we are going to live in the spirit or live in the flesh. Remember, those who are born again, their flesh is dead. But if we feed that flesh continually, we kind of bring that flesh back to life. That's what happened to a lot of born-again Christians. They continue to live their lives in the flesh because they receive lies of others that it's okay when it is not okay. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. How do we have faith? We have to be born again. That is the faith. He says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting, by dedicating themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. Teaching of demons will tell you that it's okay that you can live in the flesh. You can live however you want because once saved, always saved. You can live your life however you want to and it's okay. You see, even back during the New Testament times, there were teaching of demons. They were telling born-again Christians that, hey, you can live your life however you want to. It's okay. Through the insincerity of liars whose conscience are seared. When we sear our conscience, we end up losing our salvation. In Hebrews 6, it talks about those who have lost our salvation. In verse 4, it says, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit. Remember, when we can share in the Holy Spirit, we part of it, you must be born again. And have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the ages to come. And then have fallen away. In other words, they departed. Their conscience was seared. To restore them again to repentance. So it's pretty much, for it is impossible and then right there to the point to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm. This adds up to what I was saying in the last article about when once saved, always saved is not true, that you can lose your salvation. In Revelation chapter 3, we saw Jesus tell the church to repent from their lack of works, overcome, and he will not blot out your name. You will not blot out your name. It doesn't matter. And he will not blot out your name. And then we have Hebrews chapter 6. For those, 
it is impossible to restore them again to repentance. Again, we can see that the unknown author of Hebrews talking about people that who were born again departed from the faith, and when they depart from the faith, having their conscience seared, it's impossible to have them repent again. You see, that's the dangers of having your conscience seared. In John chapter 15, we see that abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And when people no longer abide in Christ, and again, Jesus in here in the upper room, he's referring to believers. He's telling believers to abide in him. If you do not abide in me, If anyone does not abide in me, verse 6, he is thrown away like a branch, and withers and branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So those that depart from Christ are no longer in him. They become those wither branches, and they are thrown into the fire and burned. That means that people that depart from Christ, who were of the faith and depart from the Christ, end up losing their salvation, and they end up going to help. That's why we have to be living our lives in the Spirit and not according to the flesh. When we live our lives in the Spirit, we bear fruit. When we continue to feed our flesh and live, we end up going down the path where our conscience will be seared. Now, as born again believers, we are in the process of being perfect. That means we're probably going to be, from the time that we're here and until the time that we go to the kingdom, our spirit and flesh is going to be battling against one another. Look at what it says in Galatians. In Galatians chapter 5. About the spirit and flesh. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Well, these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, Orgies and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do. It's very similar to what Jesus said about things that come out of a heart, that is a heart of stone. Out of a heart of stone is all these things that's listed about the flesh. Remember, it's the mouth that reveals what's inside the heart. This is how people that live in the flesh live their lives. As born-again Christians, we should not be living that. Our spirit and flesh is going to be battling against each other constantly. And that's why it's so important for us to get up in the morning. And we have to spend time in prayer. We have to fill ourselves with the word. We have to be changed daily with the word. And we should not let the world conform us. If we do that, then we end up going down to the path of the broad, which leads to death and destruction. It's easy, but it ends up leading towards destruction our spirit but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When we live our lives according to the Spirit, we'll bear good fruit. We abide in Christ. And yet there's going to be spiritual battle. Satan's going to come at us, you know. But it's by God's grace that we are forgiven and that we have mercy. Jesus is patient. He is still working in us when we abide in him. When we start accepting from the teachings of the world, such as, you know, abortion, homosexuality, or anything that goes against the word, we end up following the world. Remember, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. He must serve one or the other. That's truth. We must choose who we're going to serve. We can't serve him and the world at the same time. It's impossible. When we say, yes, Jesus, we're going to follow him, that means we abide in him. We keep his commandments. Jesus is faithful in his promise to his children that abide in him. Look at what it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. It's not up to us, but it's up to Christ by the Spirit. The Spirit will grow us, and it will help us to be like Christ. Yet within our soul, we have to decide we're going to live our lives in the Spirit or in the flesh. That's what we have to decide. We're going to live our lives in the spirit or in the flesh. And when we fail to live our lives in the spirit because we lived in the flesh, we have to evaluate. We have to allow the spirit evaluate us to see, okay, you know, why is my flesh being triggered? Why am I wanting to live in the sensuality? And a lot of it has to do with what we put before our eyes. You know, our eyes are the windows to our hearts. So there may be things we're watching or things that we're listening that isn't fueling our sensuality to where we want to live our lives in the flesh instead of the spirit as far as growing in christ we identify things that's causing us to stumble and then we have to remove those things out of our lives things that's causing us we have to get rid of it you know those may seem harmless but at the end it could bring us down to destruction. It could keep our heart away from Christ. We have to remove things that's causing us to stumble. It's very important to allow the Spirit guide us. And the Spirit's faithful. It sheds some light what's causing us to stumble. And by His power, we can overcome. We can overcome and we can receive the new bias. We can receive that white garment. With the heart change... When we have a heart of flesh, we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us, and we can be godly. God is faithful. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can overcome. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So, in order for us to be godly... We must have a heart change. We must have a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. The Holy Spirit will guide us. And within our soul, 
we decide rather we're going to live our lives in the spirit or in the flesh. And as born again, we must live our lives in the spirit. All right. Well, this wraps up the second main point. What godliness is not. The first point is, first main point was exercise profits a little. This one I just wrapped up, what godliness is not. And then the third one, the third main point, we'll be taking a look at more what godliness is. And we'll kind of continue what it's like to have a heart of flesh that's needed to be godly. The Revelation Podcast is also over at Spotify, YouTube, and Rumble. Over at Spotify, it is the Revelation Podcast. Over at YouTube, it is the Patmos Channel. And over at Rumble, it is Patmos Island.